All right, Texans, it's Colts week. Let's go. We're going to hear all about them, what they've got to offer from Matt Taylor. How does Anthony Richardson look? What's the running game like without Jonathan Taylor? It was not good at all in the opener, but there they were in the second half with a lead over the defending AFC South champion Jacksonville Jaguars. So how did they get it? What are the Texans to be concerned about in this matchup? There's a lot to go over. As far as Houston's side of things goes, you looked at the game against Baltimore and saw a lot of encouraging things. Got to get the running game going, but the passing game got clicking for a while. Obviously, have to find a way into the end zone. And defensively, Johnny Harris has been talking about this all week. Some really good stuff on defense against the Ravens, and you need that to continue and get better against the Indianapolis Colts. Harass Richardson, Minshew, whoever they throw out there. Stop their running game like the Jags did and take your chances. Hopefully get some good field position out of takeaways or special teams plays, whatever you can do. Let's catch up with him right now. The voice of the Indianapolis Colts, Matt Taylor. Matt, great to catch up with you. How did it go for you on Sunday? Which is like saying, other than that, how is the play, Mrs. Lincoln? But what did you think of the team's <laughs> performance despite the loss on Sunday, Matt? Well, I, I thought it was fun. I mean, first, it was fun just to have regular season football back for the first time in, in nine months. And certainly after a very eventful offseason for the Colts with their search for a new head coach and a rookie quarterback, you know, something that you guys and, and, and Houston you know, you went through the exact same thing. So it's like, you know, talking to a guy in the mirror here. But, um, you know, I, I thought it was a very entertaining game for the Colts. Um, you know, I, I thought it was a game the Colts, you know, could have won, you know, upset the AFC South champions right out of the gate. Uh, but they fell by 10 points primarily because, you know, there was a th- like a two-minute stretch there in the fourth quarter for the Colts that was just disastrous. You know, they were up 21-17. to 17. They gave up a big punt return to Jamal Agnew that set up the go-ahead score. For the Jaguars, they retook the lead by three with about five minutes to go. Two plays later, Anthony Richardson, you know, throws a pick. Two plays later after that, uh, the Jaguars run it in from about 25 yards away. So the Colts go from up uh, with 21-17 to 17 to down 31-21 in a blink of an eye. And obviously just were never able to, uh, you know, overcome that. Not enough time left in the game. But I thought the team fought. Uh, I thought Anthony Richardson looked really good at times. There were times where the offense really struggled, especially in the second half. I think there was a a five uh, play seri- or excuse me a five series uh, stretch there in the second half where the Colts didn't even record a first down in that stretch. So a lot of things to work on. I thought defensively, I think they're way ahead of schedule from where they were this time last year in year number one under Gus Bradley. Most of that defense is back for year two in the same scheme. So defensively, um, you know, that that's the unit that's going to have to definitely pull their weight and keep the Colts in games as the offense goes through some speed bumps with a rookie quarterback. But all in all, I thought the Colts team fought and uh, were in a position to, to win that game in the fourth quarter on, on Sunday. But unfortunately, their fourth quarter struggles that were prevalent all of last season kind of reared their ugly head right out of the gate for the Colts in week one. Matt, how would you define the Shane Steichen offense here? What would you say are some of the key components? I know you don't have Jonathan Taylor, obviously. The running game is probably, well, definitely not where you want it to be overall, but how would you define it? Yeah, I would define it as as very aggressive. Uh, I would say it's very creative. You know, they, they want to use a lot of personnel groups. Um, you know, they rely heavily on tight ends and the running game, certainly in the passing game as well. Um, 
I, I think the biggest thing that you could use to describe it is just very RPO heavy. You know, the last couple of years in Philadelphia, the Eagles in 2021 and 2022, I don't know what the numbers were, Mark, but they led the NFL in number of RPOs called in each of the last two years. And, you know, we're seeing it, right? The college football game is trickling up, if you will, to the National Football League. All of these guys that come from major college football, like C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young and Anthony Richardson, that's what they're doing very well on Saturdays. And now they're bringing it with them here on Sundays. And college, or excuse me, offensive coordinators and play callers in the NFL are taking advantage of it. And so Anthony Richardson is really comfortable running RPOs. And he's really comfortable, obviously, with the football in his hands. You know, he had 10 carries the other day. Not all of them were design runs, but, um, you know, he, he, he very much can run the football very effectively. And we saw it in the preseason. We saw it in week one where he's, uh, you know, trucking guys out of bounds and turning a, a five-yard loss into a 15-yard scramble for a first down. Um, and he's very aggressive. Shane Steichen, very, very aggressive. The Colts went for it on fourth down five times. You know, I mean, that's obviously not news to those that follow the NFL the last two years. Again, when he was with the Eagles, uh, you know, Philadelphia ran that, you know, whatever you want to call it, the quarterback sneak, the tush-push play, or the offensive line, the running backs are pushing the quarterback up the field with the quarterback sneak. Colts tried to do that a couple of times on Sunday, weren't as successful as the Eagles were the last couple of years, so that's something to work on. But um, a very aggressive play caller. Guy's very, very intelligent, high football IQ, loves ball, just kind of lights up when he talks uh, talks X's and O's and schematics. Um, so very, very bright young guy uh, getting to be a, you know, a, a first-time head coach in the NFL with the Colts, kind of bringing those you know, same innovations that he had in Philadelphia with the Colts. Obviously, the personnel is way different. You know, certainly, I don't think the Colts are as dynamic um, you know, personnel-wise uh, as the Eagles were the last couple of years. They're trying to get to that point with a rookie quarterback. But um, Shane Steichen, very, very aggressive, and, you know, he's going to mix up the run in the pass. He said in his introductory press conference that, you know, we're going to pass the score, we're going to throw the score, and we're going to run to win. Um, unfortunately, that didn't, uh, you know, come to fruition uh, in week one. But, um, you know, Shane Steichen thinks that he's got the necessary pieces uh, to be dynamic within the offense, and obviously it, it kind of hinges on the growth of a rookie quarterback with Anthony Richardson. Matt, what about the defense? We see some very familiar faces like DeForest Buckner, who had that big play last weekend, Shaq Lawrence, of course. What excites you about this defense? What's different about it? Well, what it, honestly, what excites me about it is that it's it's not different. Uh, there's a lot of continuity. Um, maybe it's different in the sense that they're trying to get better in all of the major pothole areas from last year. I mean, the Colts' defense, I mean, if you break it down statistically, at the beginning of last year, they were a good defense, not a great defense, but they were certainly, again, you know, holding up their weight or their end of the bargain to keep the Colts in games. And they were good enough to win more games in the first half of the season last year than they did. Uh, but they completely fell off a cliff last year when the Colts season got squirrely with, you know, firing head coaches and offensive coordinators and bringing in Jeff Saturday and the quarterback carousel. Um, I mean, everything just, just sort of plummeted last year. Red zone defense, they were dead last. Third down, they were not very good. The takeaway numbers last year dropped off dramatically from the year before in 2021 when they were the number two team in the NFL at taking the football away. Obviously, losing Shaq Leonard last year, he only played in three games, but he just wasn't healthy. 
He only played 74 snaps last year dealing with a back injury and a lower leg injury, trying to find out what's going on with his nerves in the back. He just could never pinpoint it, and so thus he just didn't have you know an impactful season, and the takeaway numbers just fell off dramatically because their takeaway machine, which Leonard is, just wasn't out there, quite frankly. So it was good to see that part of the game come back in week number one. I know it's a small sample size, but you know that the peskiness of the Colts defense was definitely prevalent um, in, in game one. They had seven tackles for loss. They had three forced fumbles. They had two takeaways. They had a defensive touchdown. In fact, they had, they had two more takeaways taken away from them after official reviews. So, I mean, that part of the defense, that's the hallmark of the Gus Bradley defense of just when, when you have an opportunity to take the football away, you got to do that. The Colts didn't do that last year. Um, the pass rush showed up. You know, the Colts are asking a lot from their third-year guys that they drafted in rounds one and two in 2021. And Quiddy Pay and Dio Dangbo, they're asking a lot of those guys. They need them to take big jumps. I think Quiddy Pay is capable of that. Dio Dangbo, uh, I, I think, is capable of that as well. But certainly Quiddy is, is off to a really good start, really good camp preseason, had a sack in game number one. Obviously, DeForest Buckner and Grover Stewart, one of the best defensive tackle tandems in the National Football League. Leonard's back healthy. Zaire Franklin, you know, I just is a, just an emerging star that I don't think a lot of people across the country know his name yet. But he is one of the best linebackers in the NFL. 18 tackles in game one, set a franchise record for tackles in a single season last year. He's back. You've got Kenny Moore in the secondary, Julian Blackman in the secondary. They're very young at corner, Mark. I will tell you, very young at corner. Dallas Flowers on the outside, Daryl Baker Jr. on the outside. Both of these guys were, you know, rookie undrafted free agents last year, and they are taking on enormous roles, uh, comparatively speaking, from, from a year ago. And so, you know, that's something to monitor. Uh, but I think defensively, they're in good shape. That's the strength of the, of the team so far to this point. Um, but they've got Pro Bowl players and Pro Bowl caliber players in all three levels of that defense, and they're definitely going to, again, have to pull their weight early on in the season. Matt, what about the Jaguars? You were right there with them, unable to pull it out, but has your opinion of them changed at all? How good are they? No, it, it hasn't changed. I mean, I, I still think they're probably the best team in the division from a talent standpoint, from an overall roster construction standpoint. Trevor Lawrence, I mean, I know the Texans always you – know, you always feel like there's these guys or these teams that always play well or play their best against the Texans. You can definitely say that about the Jaguars. They seem to always play their best against the Colts. Trevor Lawrence always seems to bring his best for the Colts. He's now played in five games against Indianapolis, and in three of those games, he's over at least 70% completion percentage. And he looked really, really good. I mean, you can just tell he's beaming with confidence and is in a good spot, you know, mentally with Doug Peterson and Press Taylor, and, you know, the guys, you know, kind of pushing his buttons a little bit going into year number three. The touchdown pass he had to Zay Jones was a tremendous throw. Calvin Ridley's there now. He was over 100 yards in his first game in a Jaguar uniform coming over in a trade last year. They're just stacked on offense with Kirk and Ridley, like I mentioned, and Ingram. Uh, you know, defensively, their front seven is really, really good. They play that, you know, not to get too overly schematical, but they play that kind of like double sink defensive tackle look, that bare front defense where it's hard to run against them. You mentioned the Colts running game. Colts running backs on Sunday 
they only managed 25 carries, or excuse me, they managed 25 yards on 16 carries. All right, that's just not going to win. I mean, I know they're without Jonathan Taylor, but you're not going to win many football games when you're not rushing, you know, more than two yards per carry. So I, I think Jacksonville is really, really good. But that's the thing I think that gives the Colts confidence is that they were right there. I mean, they outside of an Anthony Richardson turnover late in the game, you know, you could argue the Colts were in a position to win. You argue they, they could have won, should have won. So um, I think the Colts are coming in with confidence knowing they, they can play with just about anybody. Uh, but they've got to, you know, shore some things up and, and get, uh, you know, some more offensive consistency, especially in the second halves of these games where the Colts only put up 14 points on offense. They had the defensive touchdown. That's just not going to cut it. I don't care who you're playing. Nowadays, it used to be, it used to be, all right, if we can get, you know, 24, 25 points, we're in a good position to win. You know, with teams like the Jaguars and the Bills and the Bengals and the Chiefs, now you've got to be up close to 30 points, I think, to be in a comfortable position to win every Sunday. Matt, what about the Titans? They lost at the Saints. Where do you think they're headed right now as we talk about our AFC South foes? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, obviously you start with the quarterback position and, you know, it, it's, it's, it seems like this might be the final, you know, push for, for Ryan Tannehill. Don't know what they're going to do going forward with, with those two young guys. They drafted Levis. Um, I'm starting to read some stuff on Derrick Henry's usage and kind of dialing him back a little bit to save him you know, with all the wear and tear that they've put on his body over the years with all those carries. You know, defensively, I, I think they're going to be pretty darn good. I mean, I, I think, again, you know, the strength of their team, at least as, as of right now, is, is probably their defense to keep them in games. Obviously, the play-action game for Ryan Tannehill with Derrick Henry, that's always going to be front and center. But you know, offensively on the outside, I mean, Mark, you, you know it. They just don't they don't scare you a ton, you know, outside of Hopkins. Um, so I, I think this division's pretty much wide open. I, I really do. I think the Colts and Texans can can make a push, but you know, it all starts in this game, obviously, in week number two for, for the Colts in Houston. You know, gotta get a win and you know, the Colts trying to figure out the AFC South, which is weird to say around here because they were so successful for so long within the within the division dating back to 2002 but if you go back to last year the Colts what are now one five and one in the AFC South you know they were one four and one last year obviously the tie came against the Texans um it's just you know trying to trying to win your first division title if you're the Colts trying to win your first division championship since 2014 you know that's a tough pill to swallow for a franchise that dominated the division Houston's won it twice. Uh, in fact, every team's won it twice since the Colts last won it. Um, so Tennessee, I think, is still right there. But certainly, I think this is kind of like their last push with their main pieces in place at quarterback and running back before they have some big decisions to make in the offseason coming up. Well, never a dull moment, Matt. It's going to be great to see you on Sunday. Looking forward to an exciting game at NRG. Thanks for joining us. Yep, my pleasure, Mark, as always. All right, there's our friend Matt Taylor, voice of the Indianapolis Colts. Now, noon kick Sunday, wear white, Liberty White. Got to do it on opening day, right? It's going to be a packed house, and it's going to be electric. Let's get ready. See you Sunday from the booth. It's live on Sports Radio 610, the Bull 100.3 FM, and the Texans app, Odyssey app, Sirius XM, so many places, affiliates all around the state. Check the website. Have a great day. Go Texans.